Do you ever find yourself plagued by fear? We're about to be encouraged by believers in Jesus who faced life and death situations. By God's grace, they chose faith over fear. God began to work deeply in my heart, and I knew that I couldn't just live a comfortable, safe American life. But I know it's from God. The words that come out of my mouth, they are like swords, two blades. My fear shrinks, and God starts to empower you. The communist leader said, choose from Jesus or my gun. And I told him that I have already chosen Jesus Christ. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Merry Christmas and welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. I am grateful to be with you as we look back over the last year to remember some of the most moving moments here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, both this week and next week. We're going to be looking back at 2021, thanking God for what He has done and the stories that He has allowed us to tell here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio this year. You know, in 2 Timothy 1.7, we read, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We've heard many stories this year that illustrate this verse. As our brothers and sisters in hostile and restricted nations face persecution from authorities or from their community, they've seen God provide the power they need, power even to love their enemies. We're going to hear several examples of that this week here on VOM Radio. C. Anderson had to learn to set aside fear when she was called to be a gospel worker. Like me, she is an MK, a missionary kid. Growing up, her family experienced several dangerous government coups. At age 13, her family came back to the United States. She entered American middle school, and she decided that the priority for her was a life of safety. And so I actually made what I now know is called an inner vow, and I said I never want to live someplace that isn't safe. But about the second year into my college experience, I got a travel itch, <laughs> and I thought, why not go on a missions trip? And it was on that trip I actually went to Thailand and to Southeast Asia, and I saw for the first time with adult eyes the needs of the unreached, those who have never had an opportunity to hear that Jesus loves them. And so as I saw that, God began to work deeply in my heart, and I knew that I couldn't just live a comfortable, safe American life when there were millions and millions who had never had the opportunity to hear that Jesus loves them and to have his good news. And so it was that summer when I made a commitment to the Lord. I renounced that desire for safety and comfort and said, <laughs> okay, God, I'll go anywhere you send me. And uh, that was really that sense of calling I had to work among the least reached people on the globe. That's C. Anderson. She is now a leader in YWAM, Youth with a Mission she had to make the decision that her calling to share the gospel was more important than her safety. Brother Joshua had to make that 
very same decision. He's a church leader in Cuba, and he told us he feels fear every single time, every single time that he interacts with the police or with government leaders. Every time they call me, I get a bit nervous, but you have the assurance that God is with you. When the interrogation starts, I get strong, but I know it's from God. The words that come out of my mouth, they are like swords, two blades. My fear shrinks and God starts to empower you. Another gospel worker in Cuba who needs to lean on the Lord when she's tempted by fear is Maria. Maria and her husband Pedro share the gospel in Cuba and sometimes that puts them in danger. It puts them in contact with the authorities in Cuba. So there was a season when I was afraid, but God worked in me and took that fear away. Right now, I'm not afraid. At a certain point, I actually wanted them to call me and to get me, but they never said anything to me when I went back. You have to travel with your Cuban passport, which has my last name, which is different from him. It has my father's name in there, so they don't even recognize that I'm his wife. Which is helpful. <laughs> One day they called me, and they showed me his name on a paper, and they said, Do you know this person? I saw it. I read the name, and I said, Yes. They said, Who is he? I said, The pastor of my church. <laughs> they asked me, So do you know him well? And I said, Yes, because how am I not going to know my own pastor? <laughs> so that day, when he was about to be arrested— See, I've always been really careful with who I am and with my name, but that day I said, I am his wife. Where he goes, I go. But it didn't happen. So I continue to go back. I know they're following me, but they never say anything to me. So I have my own policy for doing the job. There's a little animal that changes color, and that is my strategy. Yes, I can do the job. Maria, talk a little bit more. You, you said there was a time when you were very afraid. And the Lord kind of took away that fear. How, how long of a process was that? Did you tr kind of pray through that fear? Or how, how did that happen? How did that work? So before, the process was that I was really afraid. When I was there, I would shake. And when they were asking me questions, I felt like I couldn't breathe. But one day I started praying and I asked God, Listen, you've chosen me for this job. You have to take this fear away. And I don't even know how this happened, but I was also afraid of flying in airplanes. And every time I flew, I was very scared. And the day that I lost my fear of flying, I didn't realize it, but I also wasn't afraid of being interrogated anymore. So my family doesn't want me to go to Cuba. And they say, aren't you afraid? And I tell them, no, what can they do to me? I tell them, if they send me to prison, well, good, because I'll be famous for being in prison for Christ. Just like the apostles, I've seen how they died. And so the fear left. I think God did it so that I could do this job because we have also gone to Colombia and I was not afraid there. And when I went to Chiapas, I was afraid, but God took that away. I love that prayer. Lord, if you're calling me to this work, please take away my fear. We all need to pray that, I think, for the things that God is calling us to. Lord, if you're calling me to this work, then equip me for it and take away my fear. We're reviewing moving moments from 2021 here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Brother Alayu also needed courage from the Holy Spirit while being threatened by communists. 
He grew up in a traditional religion, but came to know Jesus personally when he was 12 years old. I had been 16 when communist leaders came to me and took me to their office and uh, asked me to denounce Jesus. So the, the communist leader said uh, he put his gun on, the, on his table and uh, he asked me, choose from Jesus or my gun. And I told him that I have already chosen Jesus Christ. Uh, so he insulted me and took me to the prison. But uh, uh, because uh, he was one of our cousins, uh, our family were disappointed on him. And so he released me. We believe that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. I was imprisoned at 16. You can imagine how God used my life and ministry to plant over 9,000 churches and to bring 1.2 million people in the Eastern African region. Today, Brother Alayu works with a ministry in Ethiopia called Global Call. We are reviewing some of the most moving moments of 2021 here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Many of these stories have the same thread. So many of these guests have needed to choose God's calling even in very dangerous situations. A gospel worker named Joe was smuggling Bibles into a dangerous closed country. He made contact with a believer inside the country, but then that believer was accused of being a spy, working with the government. And so when that happened, that that broke our heart and that threw red flags and a spirit of fear actually came into my life. And that old familiar spirit that had a grip on me in, in my pre-Christ days began to consume me with paranoia. What should I do about my family? And I began to make decisions even to the thought of maybe we should just throw in the towel. And yet Don uh, spoke a word about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not bowing down to the gold statue of Nebuchadnezzar, that God would go with them even in the fire. And if he wasn't, they wouldn't uh, surrender to that anyways. They would be with him Mm -hmm. for an eternity. And so I fell prostrate on my face before the Lord and said, God, I don't want to live in fear. Show me what you want to do. Let me make these decisions that are before us in you. And he said, even if that man is your enemy and going to kill you, you must love him. And as I was reading through the gospel and it was talking about Jesus uh, washing Judas's feet, yet telling his disciples that he was going to betray him, he still loved him in spite of Judas. And so I felt like that that was the calling. And that's the love of Christ that compels us on towards love and good deeds is to continue in spite of what might come against you love at all costs. And that's what Stephen did when he was martyred. That's what Christ did when he forgave others. And then ultimately that was a fiery dart of the wicked one because we found out later on that the brother that accused, (laughs) who made that accusation was just afraid and didn't fully understand the power of the gospel in that man's life. You can hear the rest of Joe's story when you visit the archives at vomradio.net. In fact, I hope you'll listen to all of the interviews that we're highlighting today. The website, again, vomradio.net. You can also find VOM Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're reviewing some of the most moving moments of 2021. And you know, many of those moments involve dealing with God's call on family members. 
I think it's one thing to trust God in a dangerous situation for ourselves, but what if it's our spouse? What if it's our children that are in that dangerous situation? Sometimes that can be far more difficult. Paul and Susie Childers talked about that with us here on VOM Radio. Paul is a leader at YWAM based in Kona, Hawaii. His wife Susie uses photography to make connections with people when she takes trips into difficult places around the world. It's one of the most incredible privileges that I had in my whole life for sitting in some mud huts. People ask me, so you're going there all by yourself? You have three kids at home? And I always say, no, I'm going with Jesus. And, and then meeting the people that are so close to his heart. Yeah, I have been in difficult and challenging and most probably very life-challenging um, 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 places and situations. But the joy of being there and the worship that comes forth in me is nothing compared to that. And I, because of my photography, that is my very gift I have laid down at the feet of Jesus. So when I can take pictures in those places, I am the closest to Jesus I can ever be. It's not happening for me in the greatest worship sessions or in in beautiful conferences. It's happening there too. But I feel closest to Jesus when I can sit in those mud huts and I can listen to those heroes and I can cry with them. And I have cried so many tears just listening, humbled to the stories of their lives. Does it ever worry you to put your wife on a plane to Afghanistan or some of these really dangerous places? Yeah, there's definitely a challenge. Um, But Susie and I, we both pray and with our kids about, uh, Lord, is this your calling for us to go and do this? And so we hold everything with open hands. And both of us really believe that we are the safest place we can be in the center of God's will. So whether that's in Afghanistan or in, in northern Nigeria, um, I'm as safe as I'll be walking across the road in Hawaii. So, so we have to really lean on that. Now, that's not to say, of course, there isn't like a natural concern. But I remember once Susie was uh, in a very difficult life situation herself personally and then being called to go into northern Nigeria. And I didn't hear from her for days. And it was a very, very dangerous situation. And finally, she called me after several days. And I thought, Susie, and I picked up the phone. I'm like, hi, Susie. She said, I don't have any time to talk. And I I could hardly hear her. (laughs) She said, I am in the most challenging situation, but this is what God has made me for. (laughs) And just the joy in her voice lifted all our spirits. So, of course, there's a natural concern, but it's not an overbearing weight because she's in God's will. And I have to leave that with God. And so to really trust, not to worry, and not be overly concerned. Of course, we take all the precautions that we need to and that, that the Lord shows us we need to take. But, but really to trust it into God's hand and to be able to release. And so that's my journey. That's Paul and Susie Childers on how to serve the Lord in missions together as a married couple and as a family. Cheng Ji and her husband needed to do the same thing. Cheng Ji's English name is Esther. That's what we're going to call her. Esther's husband was a pastor in China, and 
while he was working there, they were living there, they had many conversations about what would happen if he went to prison. They were prepared. They had talked it through how it would be if he got arrested, if he went to jail. But they didn't expect Esther to be the one who was arrested. They didn't expect her to go to jail. She worked as a kindergarten teacher at a school run by their church. And each year, the communist leaders would meet with her and tell her not to share the gospel at the school, not to talk to the children about Jesus. And one year, police officers came along to that meeting. The government took me to the jail. This for me is so hard. You know, when that time, my oldest son, just three and a half, my second one, just one and a half. We never think about they will took me to the jail. So when the six policemen walked in, what was going on in your heart? How, how, did, you, how did you respond to that sudden change? I got a lot of peace and grace from God. You know, I don't have any scary. I don't have any worried. I just say, okay, maybe just a talk, maybe around 24 hours, then I can back home. Uh, right now, oh, I think it's so easy, right? But they just arrest me, you know, in their two years. Actually, it's still hard for me. I miss my family. I want to free. I want to go outside to do anything. But I think God used me. I can share more gospel with the other person in the jail. Esther was in prison for two years. And, and she realized in prison this was a unique opportunity to share the gospel. But that opportunity took a big toll on her young family. My younger one forgot me. They call me auntie. This is sad, but I'm so happy I got free. You know, I really want left the jail. You know, I can't do anything. So how long did it take your youngest to to remember this is not auntie, this is mom? I think around one or two months. Sometimes he's so confused. He called mom. Oh, auntie. Oh, mom. It's <laughs> between that. <laughs> wow. As a mom, that must have just hurt so much. Yeah. So right now when I talk about that, my son just said, I'm so sorry, mommy. I forgot you. <laughs> The calling God put on Esther's life had a big effect on her family. The same is true for two widows that we met earlier this year. Gracia Burnham and Shimsa Iden told us about the long-term effects of both of their husbands being martyred for their faith in Christ. God continues to be faithful even while these families grieve the loss. For me to be a... God widow, it was easy, but for the children to accept uh, God, their um, father, it was hard and dramatic. Uh, because one time we were going to the um, father and daughter dance at the school. Oh, wow. Yeah, it yeah. was really, um, it was hard time for me and for my daughter. She pushed me so hard. I want to go, mom. I can handle that. And I told her, with who are you going to dance? She said, I can dance with my friend's uh, father. She dressed up and get ready. And I took her because I couldn't make her to not go. And from the door, when she saw all the father and the daughter dressing as like princess and king, 
beside them and walking through the school. She couldn't handle it and she broke down. And she started to cry and I was crying for her, not for myself. Because as I told you, as husband, I was uh, satisfied with God. But for the children, it was really hard. And my daughter, she questioned it too much. She said, why God not protect him? Uh, he promised me to be uh, in my wedding, to walk me to my husband. Yeah. And just um, I told her to be like, to see God, her father. But I cannot make it. Only Holy Spirit can make it. And God's still working on it. I can't see. Yeah, even uh, the strength in me and uh, the satisfaction in me for not searching for any other thing, not hungry for anything except God, but still it's not enough if she not want to see it, you know. Mm, yeah. yeah. I think God's given us a real special something with my children. Um, I even think about them like on Father's Day. You know, mm. they're, they yeah. they don't have a father. And I just always remind them, oh, yes, you do have a father. Mm -hmm. You have a father in heaven, mm -hmm. but you also have a heavenly father mm -hmm. who's taken the place of your earthly father. And yeah. so they're not really fatherless at all. We've been reviewing some of the most moving moments of 2021 here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. To hear all of these complete programs, you can visit the archives at vomradio.net. You can also find VOM Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. One of the highlights for me this year was the release of my book, When Faith is Forbidden. It's part travelogue. It's part 40-day devotional. And in the book, you'll hear many stories just like the ones that we've heard today. As we wrap up this first half of our look back at the moving moments of 2021, I'd like to share just a little clip from the audiobook version of When Faith is Forbidden. One week from tomorrow, I will be leaving my nice, safe, comfortable life in Bartlesville to spend 10 days distributing food and Bibles in Sudan about 10,000 miles outside my comfort zone. It has been interesting the ways I have thought about this trip and what might happen. First, I had to think about the possibility that I won't come back. Sudan is a dangerous place, and quite honestly, the government soldiers there wouldn't hesitate to put a bullet in my pale American body. Knowing I might not come back has given special urgency to my days here. I want to spend every moment with Shar and the boys, being an exemplary husband and father. I want to be caring and compassionate. I want to turn off the TV and spend more time talking and listening. I want to hug a lot and tell them each I love them about 25 times a day. But then I felt guilty. Why don't I live like that all the time? Why does a trip to Sudan scare me into being the man I should be 365 days a year? Do I feel vulnerable in war-torn Africa, but think I'm indestructible in America? Do I not know that a drunk driver or drive-by shooter or random act of violence or car wreck could end my life tomorrow, right here in America? Why don't I always live ready to die instead of only when I'm getting ready for an international trip? Perhaps that is the lesson of this trip for me, not to take tomorrow for granted, 
but to live each day ready to step off planet Earth and into eternity. That was a clip from the audiobook version of my book, When Faith is Forbidden. The book is broken up into 40 daily readings, really a 40-day journey that you are invited to come along and sit down and meet and hear the stories of our persecuted brothers and sisters. We here at The Voice of the Martyrs would love to send you a copy of When Faith is Forbidden. When you make a donation of any amount to support the work of VOM, to get your copy and make that donation online, visit vomradio.net. You can click at the top of the page on the link that says Book Offer. Again, the website, vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to continue to review the most moving moments on VOM Radio from 2021. These are great episodes to share with your Christian friends as well. Point them to the podcast. Point them to our website. I think there's something powerful in hearing these stories right in a row, back to back to back. We're going to keep that up next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.